Thank you for tuning in to this month's edition of Scene Change. This episode is a little shorter than others that we've produced in the past, but it really is a plug for more diversity in documentaries. I interview a sighted documentarian um, who really uh, finds it interesting and captivating uh, to show how blind people do art. And I also interview the blind artist as well. So it was a fun interview in that we were able to catch both sides of the coin. Um, But it's not directly related to the performing arts. So it might feel a little uh, off brand for for the division and uh, for our our, uh, listeners who have been rocking with us since the very beginning. But Our focus in this interview was to share what it's like to be part of a documentary, whether as a documentarian or as the the subject of the piece. So for anyone who's interested in highlighting blind performers, um, whether it be an individual, a foundation, or anything like that, please reach out to our division um, and we'd be happy to connect you specifically um, to performers with disabilities because that really is our focus uh, here on the show. Similarly, if you are a blind um, person in school for film or for documentary um, or anything related, please, please, please reach out to us um, just through the usual channels, whether it be social media, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, email, uh, it's nfbpad at gmail.com. And all of this is in the description as well. Um, and you can also contact any of our board members. We would love to have you on the show. Um, we definitely believe that it's possible for a blind person to be a documentarian or to work in film. And I would be very interested in interviewing you to learn all about how you do it. And to also share that story, share your story with our listeners. Lastly, um, I just like to encourage each of you to listen until the very end of the show because afterwards we will have some uh, exciting news about um, our convention this summer and uh, the performing arts division, or sorry, business meeting um, that we hold each year. And um, we're going to be doing some really cool, something really cool this year, and it's directly related to scene change. Um, I think that our listeners will like it and we'll also uh, have a bit of information for you about the NFB 21 concert um, that you should all look out for as well. So enjoy the show. As always, let us know what you think. We are always reading your comments and adjusting the show accordingly. So enjoy and I'll catch you next time. Welcome to Scene Change, a podcast by the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division. All about equality, opportunity, accessibility, and the arts. Here, you'll learn adaptive techniques from performers in the know. We are changing what it means to be blind, one stage at a time. Thank you for joining us today.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Change. My name is Lizzie Muhammad Park, and I am the Vice President of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division and your host of the show. Today, we're talking about publicizing our message. I've got a documentarian here, Anthony Saldana from Queens, New York. He's cited, but he's happy to share a positive message about blindness. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hi. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for having me. And right along with him, we've got Elizabeth Castellano. She is a blind artist, not a performing artist, but a visual artist, and one of Anthony's previous subjects. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Glad to have both of you. So, Anthony, how did you yeah. get into documentaries? When I graduated from uh, I I graduated from Queens College in around 2008, and uh, you know I it was a real dose of reality when you know you have to find a job and uh, you know you're trying to understand the production world in New York City, and uh, after taking a doing a whole bunch of productions and not getting paid in New York City, I had to get I realized I had to get a, a day job. And uh, once I started that day job, then I started getting bored at that day job. <laughs> and I started I started brainstorming. And one of the ideas that I really was interested in was, hmm, I wonder how blind people perceive art and uh, you know, and through asking myself that question, I found the National Federation of the Blind and, uh, you know, really uh, started on this journey of being a documentarian. Wow. So I just want to take one step back. So sure. you studied film at Queens College, I'm assuming, yes. or? Yes. And then... And then it was time to, you know, pay off the student loans, right? Right. And right. Um, <laughs> and you looked for a job, mm -hmm. and was it in a this? Were you thinking to do some something with disability related film, or like what was that? What was the jump between studying film and then studying blind people doing art? I, I understand. I understand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I. I was just I was just at my at my uh, day job, and um, I actually had a a coworker who uh, at the time was deaf, and I was just just thinking to myself that that she couldn't like hear me, but I knew that she can understand, you know, my my words, and through just thinking about about people who are disabled, I really started to think about, about, I was interested in like how blind people perceive art. And it was something that I, I wanted to definitely look into. And um, so I, I did some research. And uh, when I really started to think about it, there's not many films or television shows out there that are showcased the people who are visually impaired. Right. So, so do you have a, do you have uh, maybe like a background specifically in the visual arts or um, maybe did you, did you know anyone who was blind? I'm still curious about where, huh. <laughs> like where it all came from. You know what uh, I mean? So I'm wondering, I, I you know, is there, or was it just, 
I don't know, they're just, you know, just walking down the street one day and you just said, hmm, I went like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, no, I understand. Um, no, I, I, I don't have anyone in my family that's visually impaired, Uh but you know, in, I, I, there was a book that I read in my research and Uh it was so, uh, it, it had such an impact and it was just so powerful. Uh, the book was, uh, was ordinary, daylight which was written by andrew potok and uh he himself was a a painter and he was going visually impaired and he he was so depressed about that that he'd have this type of therapy where he would have bees sting his eyes as uh for as the hope that he'd recover from it and that his story was so powerful that I just wanted to to meet more and meet more people who are blind and to and I realized that I you know in at Queens College learned these skills and wanted to I can use the these skills to help people and to tell hmm. tell amazing stories. Hmm. So I do appreciate your um ability to think outside the box um it seems like you know you're very interested in uh you know sharing positive messaging um and and sharing a can-do philosophy um about blind people so i'm curious to know uh in the work that you do with filmmaking uh directing producing can you think of any ways to make the actual film industry as far as production and and directing go more accessible to the blind first of all uh having films have audio description uh Mm -hmm. just for just for the viewers uh it's something that that i'm currently in in producing a part of the straight off the canvas which is which features elizabeth and um so that's i think that's that's very important for from the 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 viewers perspective i I think it is absolutely possible for someone who's you know has a visual impairment to be a director or or be on the crew you know of of films you know i actually did a paper in in grad school about uh, visually impaired actors and you know it's definitely you know possible yeah yeah so um it really is. And that's something that we here in the performing arts division uh, really strive for is authentic representation yes. in the media, yes. you know, and that's where um, I feel like this episode really, that's the category that I feel like this episode really falls into. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you're a huge supporter of that. And I'm also glad that straight off the canvas um, is audio described because that's, you know, another very important part of accessibility but yeah, you know, um, definitely share, you know, share with us if you think of anything later too, um, of any ways to make directing and producing more accessible, because I think that's another uh, interesting piece of it is um, to have to have people, whether they be sighted, blind or, or anything in between, um, 
know that it's possible and then also course, uh, creating opportunities for blind people to to enter that space so right right i'm glad um that you're an ally in that in that way hmm. so another thing that i really uh appreciated about you know the what i what i saw in my research about you was i your love for inclusive topics and i can tell that that's something that you're really passionate about yeah. so could you tell us a bit more about uh your documentaries that highlight blind people yes so um upon reading the book that i i just shared with you i realized that that i have a responsibility uh to tell stories about what i knew that i had to tell a story about what the blind community needs so like i had this 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 goal to meet elizabeth castellano but before i could do that i wanted to do a documentary about national federation of the blind and uh i for about six months to almost a year uh went to uh meetings at my local chapter in new york city uh and we i did i before i even picked up the camera to do an interview i spent some time with the leaders uh, at the uh, organization and um one one moment that i'll never forget never forget um i was it was after the the it was after the meeting was over and I went over to this young young man and I asked him, you know, I'm a documentarian. I would, and I, I, what if I could tell any, if I could give any message to, you know, the sighted community about being blind, what would it be? And he looked at me straight in the face and he said, listen, when you turn off the camera and the, the film fades to black, I'm still gonna be blind and your main character is still gonna be blind. So I, I think that in, in uh, mainstream media, there's, there's always the, the goal of a story is to have a happy ending. And sometimes the happy ending is the cure, but in, document, in documentaries, that, that's, that's, not the, that's not reality. Um, so I really, I think it's really important to tell real stories. And I think that uh, the stories that, that I've told through my first documentary, uh, We're Ordinary People and Straight Off the Canvas is really about uh, people, their people and their, they have, and their relationships. You know, I think it's really important to show you know that blind people no one are ordinary people and they can do anything from uh painting to being a, a car mechanic to to being a um a ballerina a doctor a lawyer i even have a picture in in the documentary of a visually impaired uh, martial artist and he's holding a sword and i i uh, got permission from him and he was he's out in in, in uh, england so yeah i i think it's really important to to tell stories of about people and their goals and i'm i'm really like blessed to have met elizabeth and to be able to to tell her, her story
Yeah. And I think one uh, important thing to remember too, is that um, if you, as we say in the Federation, live the life you want, if you're living the life you want, then that is a happy ending to your story. Exactly. You exactly. know? <laughs> right. So um, I, right, think, I think that's, that's a, definitely a good message to put out there um, as well. Now, in meeting your goal of um, being able to interview and highlight Elizabeth Castellano, who we're about to get to in just a second, um, now that you've you've met that goal, what's next? What's your your next documentary? Do you want to keep um... my my co-producer Jason Figuera uh, at the time as we were filming this documentary? Uh, it turned out that he has obsessive compulsive disorder. He had at the at the time that we were filming during the first year of filming, he had a uh, an aggressive form of, of, of OCD and uh, he filmed him himself going through these these um, almost like a mental breakdown where his father uh, filmed him, you know, struggling to in, in this horrible state of obsessive compulsive disorder. So we had, so I would love to to tell Jason's story, like a behind the scenes of what happened during while we were filming this film, of of how he we worked together to uh, overcome uh, his mental illness, and uh, we're so we're we're in production of that as well. So that's the next one that will that we're, I'm working on. Oh wow, that'll be really fascinating. So it does seem like. Um your interest lies in uh, diversity and inclusion um, yes. as far as your documentaries go. Yes. Wow. Yes, now I'd like to ask Elizabeth a few questions about her involvement in the documentary and a bit about her background. So Elizabeth, how did you get involved uh, with the documentary? Um, I believe, and I, and I actually was speaking to Anthony about this the other day, because I was trying to remember how he found me, <clears throat> but um. What ended up happening was I was teaching um, art education in the New York City public schools. And I was contacted by Anthony to um, set up a meeting where he could observe me uh, doing my work uh, as a teacher. Um, and so that was how he found me. I believe it was an article in the New York Times that he read um, and I've been in there um, a few times. And once he uh, uh, was able to find me, it was uh, how to set up an appointment to come in and observe. Now, did you have any concerns about um, like possibly misrepresenting blind people or giving people the wrong idea or um, just like, you know, anything like that before going into it? Because sometimes as we are just living our daily lives, people can misunderstand something that we do. Um, and then that could have almost like the opposite effect. So how did, did you, did you, did that ever cross your mind? No, not really. I mean, once mm -hmm. he contacted me, we spoke at great lengths on the phone. And mm -hmm. once I was able to speak with Anthony, I realized that what he was envisioning was something that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, because growing up, I, I am legally blind, but I went to school in a public school and I was only one of three uh, mm -hmm. legally blind students. And so 
my whole life has kind of been this um, trying to promote awareness to people about what it is like to be uh, legally blind, um, what that means, what I can do, um, you know, kind of trying to advocate for myself. So when I heard what he wanted to do in his in his documentary, I was really excited because it kind of um, aligned with a lot of the work I've I've been doing um, since I was a young adult. Yeah, I saw that in your art um, on your website. You uh, mention a lot about different. Well, you don't. You don't. It's not specific. Um, but you do mention that your art is affected by your identities, and that um, it's about. I don't want to misquote it. Something about like like um, morality comes into play there, and you know, mm -hmm. social justice and um, awareness and different things like that. Um, so that definitely makes sense. And I thought it was really fascinating that you actually uh, on your website didn't mention anything about being a blind artist. Was that a conscious choice? No. <laughs> I'm thinking about that now. I guess I didn't. No, it wasn't a conscious choice. And I think, again, that has a lot to do with um, just my upbringing of being one of the few yeah. uh, legally blind people in the school district, then moving on to college where I was the only one and then entering a workforce that there were very few, I think to my knowledge, only one other gentleman in the public school system that I knew of in New York City who was also legally blind. So I always kind of just, I think my attitude was not to really think about it as mm -hmm. much or talk about it so much because I really strove for inclusion and mm -hmm. didn't want to stand out in any way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was, it's so funny. I, when I read it, I said, oh, it's because she wants to be looked at as an artist first and a blind, like anything else, like se a secondary. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Well, I so mean, <laughs> possibly like a subconscious thing. I mean, I never even really thought about it. Um, and you know, you, I don't go on my website all that often. <laughs> <I'm updated>. <laughs> no, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. So is the documentary out yet? It is, it is. So have we, how's the feedback been? It's been, it, it's been going good. I, I, uh, I'm trying to get it on a more of a national level mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's played mostly in New York, uh, but I'm trying to get it on different, uh, different film festivals. You know, it's funny. I, I, I played it for my mother, uh, you know, once it was finished and she started crying. And wow. um, I said, Mom, why are you crying? And she said, because when Elizabeth passes away, this is going to her 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 children will will have a wonderful memories based on based on this documentary. And oh, wow. Now I'm going to cry, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these things definitely do, um, you know, live on obviously much much longer than we ever can yeah. but but also it, it reaches more people than we could ever you know talk to in one lifetime right. so I'm really excited to see um well to see the documentary and to see how everything um you know and turns out and 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 uh you know plays out in the uh in the film so awesome. Anthony how yeah. did you find Elizabeth was it through the NFP? Was it through the school it district? 
It was actually Drew. She was right. It was Drew. Me just trying to typing in. Uh, I, I found a New York Times article that uh. was written in about her, and uh, that led to uh, me finding her website. And uh, when I, our, it was really funny. Like our first, one of our first conversations when I explained to her that I would love to do a, a documentary about you. She was like, yes, come in next <laughs> week. Let's do this. That's true. But, I mean, uh, I always, always love people coming in to visit, you know, to see, <laughs> see this teaching and stuff. So when he's like, I want to come in, I'm like, oh yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like we, we both had struggles, especially during that first year. Um, I, I had a traumatic back injury and I had to tell her, you know, I unfortunately, you know, have to, had to postpone uh, production. And, you know, like I said, my, my buddy uh, who was my, my helper had uh, obsessive compuls- compulsive disorder. So mm-hmm. we, we basically had a lot of personal issues uh, over the last 10 years, but Elizabeth has, been so gracious and to watch her to film her painting uh was therapeutic for her and and myself so so you said uh in that first year so how long did you all film together uh the filming itself so no no, no like like you following her around and all that okay yeah it, <laughs> i would say maybe like four four years and then i'd come back I, every now and then I come back like when we we filmed extra stuff for the pandemic, but overall editing. Uh, yeah, they, I, I met her in 2011. So, yeah, wow. so this 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 has been a pro I've we've been working on this for 10 years to finally meet you guys and tell you about what we've been working on. That's so cool. So, Elizabeth, what's it like? to be the subject of a documentary. Can you like describe it for us? <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's been such a process, you know, like Anthony will come up with some ideas and he, he came out, um, he came to one of my exhibits. He came to film me working. Um, he came out again uh, to meet my kids and they're in part of the documentary. So, and every time I come out, you know, I'm at a different point in my life. So to see it all come together, to see it all evolve, I'm kind of evolving with the documentary, mm-hmm. which is it's so interesting to, to see, um, to see it all come together. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing to, that he, he found me and he chose me. I'm really honored to be a part of such a project. It's, it's just like monumental to me. I mean, it seems like I, I heard uh, in the background, it sounds like you had uh, a young child. Um, and I, I would assume that, you know, at one point, maybe you were um, like, you know, maybe you only had like a certain number of kids. And then like later on, you like you probably even got to tape, um, you know, like throughout your pregnancy or like having a baby as an artist, as a blind artist. You know what I mean? Like it's it seems like another intersection that will come into play is also motherhood or family life. Um, I'm not sure if you guys were able to get any of that in the film, but I'm, I'm sure that it, it came through somehow. Is that. It, it, yeah. it did. It did because 
um, you know, I, as we said, we wanted to film in a classroom and just so many things happen. Like I, I did get to film in a classroom. So I, I went to, and we, part of the film uh, is focused on Lavelle School for the Blind. But anyway, getting back to your question, I'm sorry. I do that a lot. I apologize. I go on these these branches. I'm coming back. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to film her in the classroom, but I we had her, uh, we filmed her teaching her own kids and working with her own children uh, painting. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So... Anthony, are you, um, do you only do documentaries in the New York area? Are you, well, obviously post COVID, post COVID times we're talking. Um, uh, are you, <laughs> um, you know, nationwide? How do you usually operate? Oh, well, I'm, yeah, no, I, I am in New York. Um, it is based in New York, but I, this, this documentary, I'm not going to stop until it goes worldwide. <laughs> so, so Elizabeth and I, we're going across the world. And to That's tell right. Story. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how would someone go about, um, working with you or another document? Well, wait, here's a, here's a, here's a, let me okay. step back from that question. I'll come back yeah, to that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know if you are among your friends who are, who also are documentarians and such, um, are you one of the only people focusing on disability and inclusion that, you know, like with, within your group or, um, are you a part of any sort of organizations or, you know, something along those lines that also focus on disability or, um, there's another word for it when it's it's not called mental illness there's like another way of saying it but right. um yeah you know what i mean I health, do. mental health mental health that's mental I'm health, mental health. <laughs> uh, you know i went to to grad school um mm -hmm. during the 10 years and this became this was my my thesis film to get a master's degree um at the time i was you know in in school i I was the only one doing this type of, su of subject work. Um, but I, I want, you know, I, I try to stay watching documentaries to stay inspired. Mm -hmm. um, but I wish I could, I wish I could tell you a more like concise answer of like, well, I'm a part of this group, but really I'm, <laughs> I, I try to, to, to stay watching documentaries. Like I said before, you know, I was, in a, a group of students uh, who were getting the master's degree. And this, you know, I, I got to work with several professionals and getting feedback on the film, but I was, at the, at the time, I was the only one doing this type of work in the program. Right, wow. So how would someone um, who might be interested in working with you and want to see if you're interested in working with them, how would they go about doing that? Okay. Um, I, so we do have a, a Twitter account and, uh, a Facebook account. You can find me at, at straight canvas. That's my, my Twitter and then facebook.com slash straight canvas. Mm -hmm. And you can awesome. also, also reach us at straight off canvas at gmail.com. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we've, talked about it but i don't know if we, if we said it directly straight off the canvas is um the documentary that we're talking about that we've been talking about um featuring elizabeth castellano um who is a 
an amazing blind artist. Not amazing because she's blind, but right. amazing because her art is <laughs> because her art is great, and she happens <laughs> to be blind. So, what does it um, what does it take to participate in a film? As far as you know, um, would the would the film subject um, need to I don't know contribute anything uh, beyond their time, or what is that? What is that piece of it like? The more uh, logistical side of things. Um, it's it's not it, you know. Firstly, firstly, mm-hmm. the the subject of the film, not only their time, but you know, to understand where I'm coming from, and and uh, I usually tell them, tell Elizabeth or and the other subjects, you know, I want to tell your story, um, and. You know, at the time, you know, I also wanted to to go into museums to focus on accessibility in museums. Ah. So that that was a very difficult process because every single museum in New York City has their own rules about filming in in the museum. So it's really about. It was really important to me to to at least meet meet these in individuals so that they can uh, you know put in a good word so that hopefully <laughs> we can film where we want to film um so one of the other uh subjects of the film her name is elizabeth axel and she is an executive for art beyond sight and art mm-hmm. beyond sight was created to to help make museums in this country and uh, across the world more accessible to people who are blind. And it was really funny because um, one of the other subjects in our film, I wanted I really wanted to to have an art therapist to talk about how art can be a therapy for for blind children. And uh, she was working at a school and uh, the school had agreed to let us film there until a week later when they canceled it. And, you know, I understand. So, you you know, you, you have to have uh, the perseverance and creativity to try to f- find different ways to tell a story visually. And uh, meet, by meeting... Elizabeth Castle, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Axel. She said, oh, we've been filming in museums for years. Here's here's (laughs) our footage. And and, she gave us literally like, you know, 10 minutes worth of footage. And I, I was scrolling through the footage and I swear, I swear, Lizzie, one of the shots was in the same studio that they wouldn't (laughs) that i was trying to get (laughs) i was trying to film in and it was it was just you know it was great and uh so you know i'm just so grateful to not only elizabeth but uh jessica jones and lavelle school for the blind um you know art beyond sight so there was different I this documentary not only tells Elizabeth's story, but it 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 also shows how 
art is is it's important for art to be accessible art can be a therapy therapy for not only children but adults and it just has so many messages that you know you could watch the film a couple times and get a couple different you know things when you watch it yeah yeah i love that when you can just it's almost like each time you watch it you just get a deeper perspective or you know just you know, a deeper knowledge. So that is really cool um, that this is one of those films. So I can't wait for it to come out. And um, Elizabeth Axel is a, f- is a friend of the division. So um, uh, always yeah. nice to, to hear about her. And, you know, glad that she could connect you with some people. Um, oh, she did. <laughs> but I mean, those are all my questions for today. Um, If anyone listening is interested in taking part in a documentary, uh, do email the division and we will put you in contact um, to see if it's a good match. And Mm -hmm. if there are any other um, documentarians out there who are interested in filming blind performers, also reach out to us. And who knows, maybe um, you all could start an organization um, I don't know, diversity and inclusion and documentary. You never know what, uh, what might happen. But thank you both for joining us today. We've loved having you on the show. Thank, thank you, you so much. For, <laughs> for those of you who don't know about the annual gathering that is the National Federation of the Blind Convention, it is the largest um, group of blind people who come together each July to discuss and plan for a number of uh, of things it could be employment or parenting uh legislative action that needs to take place in the upcoming year uh could be previous legislative action that took place last year um and of course the performing arts our division um will have an a business meeting and we do have it each year we've been having it for over 10 years already uh, over 15 even um and this year scene change is going to do a live recording for all who attend uh, our performing arts annual business meeting so you have to register ahead of time um and i'm not guaranteeing that you're going to be able to uh, vote this year well this year we're not having any voting um but you know that you'll be able to to register uh in time because i'm not sure when you're listening to this um if you if you're able to get to this um you know in time and then i would definitely encourage you to register uh if you're listening to this in august you've already missed the meeting but that's fine um there's always next year um so it, it really just depends on on when you're able uh, to hear this. But I would highly encourage you to go on our website. Everything is linked in our description. Um, and there you'll be able to find more information about the annual business meeting. Uh, you'll be able to find uh, our agenda and find links to learn more about the larger convention which is the nfb convention our our business meeting is just a few hours out of an entire week so you'll be able to um find links where you can learn about or you know the convention as a whole you'll also be able to learn about some of our other events 
including the NFB 21 concert, where uh, we've partnered with the national organization uh, who runs the entire convention um, to bring bring uh, some good entertainment for everyone. Uh, so up next, we'll have a promo about that where you can find more information about our NFB 21 concert called Stronger Together. Um, that'll be held on July 6th. And you really won't want to miss that. We've got some great talent for you. Um, if you have any questions at all, please, please, please um, reach out to us. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. And thank you for supporting our division and scene change in all that we do. The National Federation of the Blind and its Performing Arts Division present One Voice, a fundraising convention concert sponsored by SuperSense. Join us Tuesday, July 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern, anywhere and everywhere to watch blind performers of all styles showcase their abilities on our virtual stage. Enjoy a night of performance and support our work, changing what it means to be blind one stage at a time. Here's a snapshot of what you might experience. It will be an event you won't want to miss, so gather your whole family. To get tickets, visit www.nfb.org concert. Tickets are $20 and can be purchased online or by calling the Independence Market. We share one voice, we are stronger together, and we reunite at NFB 2021. I'm Caitlin McIntyre, President of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Scene Change. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website at nfb-pad.org. There you'll find links to our social media, membership, and resources for blind performers. Thanks to everyone who makes this show happen. Scene Change is produced by Shane Lowe, Chris Nussbaum, Seyun Choi, and Precious Perez, with music by Ryan Strunk and Tom Page. Remember, you can be the performer you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. We'll see you next time.